I'm CBS 19 meteorologist AJ Willie on Seaville 1075 in 1260 WCHV. Joe Thomas in the morning. It's a health emergency, isn't it? Making up data the old hard way. Fudging the numbers day by day. Ignoring the snow and the cold in a downward line. Hide the decline. Hide the Thinks he's so smart Totally inventing the hockey stick chart Ignoring the snow and the cold in a downward line Hide the decline I've controlled myself, but believe me, uh, you know, it was worth the wait. Well, I, I define worth it. When the IPC and the UN Climate Report comes out and definitively says... It's humans' fault, and and we need to do something about it now. I smell money, uh, and I only did that because I've read the collected works of one Christopher C. Horner, uh, Red Hot Lies, Power Grab, The Politically Incorrect Guide to Global Warming, uh, and he's back on the phone with us. Uh, Chris, it's good to hear from you, sir. I hope things have been going well. Uh, This IPCC UN report... it's it's every it, it's every money changer's dream, isn't it? Yeah, it's, they're uh, doing the job they were assigned, and uh, I, I did detail this with the help of some former authors who dropped out of the process for reasons described in the in the pig, the politically incorrect guide, and they explained how the authors were told to harmonize the underlying work with the summary for policymakers that had been written down the hall that were actually runners. And one would come down and say, we need you to harmonize the underlying work that we're summarizing. We didn't really summarize it. We've got Greenpeace and other folks in the room, and here's what we're going to say, and we need you to harmonize it. So they lost a lot of the, it was a self-selecting universe at the time, but they've chased away the, the people like Dick Lindzen and John Christie, who just said this is, we, we know what you're trying to do, and it's not what we ought to be trying to do, and this is not a good use of our time. So the IPCC is this intergovernmental panel on climate change that was tasked with supporting a global warming treaty. Mm-hmm. And you may recall there are, there are three working groups of the IPCC, one of which is chaired by two economists. Most of these climate scientists, by the way, are economists. <laughs> and uh, scenarios are all based on the assumptions. But um, So assume a climate catastrophe, and then what? And working group three is chaired by two economists, one from Cuba, of course, uh, the economic miracle that it is, and another uh, from Austria, who speaks in his native Austrian tongue, and then we translate it, named Otmar Edenhofer. And Dr. Edenhofer, as you may recall, said that uh, just a few years ago, he gave an interview to an Austrian newspaper in which he said, you have to get over this idea that climate policies are about the environment. We de facto redistribute the world's wealth through climate policy. What what you might call a gap, <laughs> <laughs> or you might say like, this was him in the basement saying, "Help me, get me out of here." Right, he, he sort of confessed, but but it just made perfect sense to him because it makes perfect sense to the organization. Again, the purpose for which it was created was to support a climate treaty. This was way back, and they just keep producing this. It's worse than we thought. Series of uh, Fred Smith used to uh, the 
founder of the Competitive Enterprise Institute used to say that uh, the only business in the, wor- the world where you can have an, an annual end of the world report with with a, a card to subscribe to next year's issue in the bag. You know, the world's coming to an end. Here's next year's year's issue, um, and and they just keep doing this. And obviously, you have to get more lurid each time. And I was just going through the tricks they played this time. And Roger Pilkey Jr. is is just a tremendous resource on this. He's what you call a lukewarmer. He's he's the subject of terrific smear campaigns. He's not a skeptic. He just he he's offended by the intellectual dishonesty of the climate industry. And uh, Roger is writing. He's at Colorado State. He's writing about how they, this report produces projections. They mm-hmm. say they're not predictions. They're projections. And they can't be predictions because they're all over the map. Something's going to happen. Prepare. Um, but it's always, it's always bad and real warm and, and your fault. Well, he points out that there are obviously scenarios, and there are scenarios that the authors will say are more likely and least likely based upon the assumptions, like you will use 100 times as much coal in 100 years, that kind of thing. And then their assumption is, of course, that coal use drives climate change. Mm-hmm. And so you get the desired outcome. Well, they call it the least likely. But last time around, this least likely scenario got a third of the mentions in the report, okay, among, what, seven scenarios? Anyway, this, this scenario 8.5 got a third of the mentions. It the was least the least likely. <laughs> okay, that's, that's comforting as Wait, well. But it gets better. This year, the least likely scenario gets 42%. Of the mentions. In other words, as it became less likely, they had to take it up to 11. It's truly remarkable what they're able to get away with. Now, in the media, I'm sure it gets around 80% of the mentions. But in the actual report itself, where there are these self-discrediting comments like, look, we're, we're neutral regarding the assumptions and which is more likely. We make no value judgments, but then they acknowledge the least likely scenario and mention it more than... Any of the rest, in fact, what twice as much, more than twice as often as what they deem the two most likely scenarios. In other words, it's designed to scare. It's designed mm-hmm. to, uh, Al Gore confessed three years ago, that they're painting a, uh, in response to a question, or they're painting a much more alarming picture than we've heard before. Well, yeah, that's what they do. He said, well, the language is torqued up a little bit appropriately, how else do they get the attention of policymakers around the world? Okay, we call it a noble lie. The public <laughs> have gotten their share of noble lies lately and are on to things, yeah. in, including with lurid, least likely, most catastrophic computer-modeled scenario. Hey, Chris, I've got to run to a break here. Hang on one second. Chris Horner, author of Red Hot Lies, Power Grab, Politically Incorrect Guide to Global Warming on Joe Thomas in the Morning. AM, FM, streaming, and now a smartphone app. The technology changes, but at your service since 1933. UN Chief. Because there's not enough carbon footprint. UN chief 
Antonio Gutierrez says it's a code red for humanity. Colonel Jessup, did you order the code red? You don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Chris Horner is on with us, author of Red Hot Lies, Power Grab, Politically Incorrect Guide to Global Warming, never mind the runaway bestseller, The Liberal War on Transparency, which I'm telling you, every time you wake up, you you, you find something else in there that, oh, that's what they're doing right there. Uh, but, uh, Chris, we're talking about this IPCC report, and, and I just want to go back and qualify. I mean, you've been there since sort of the onset of this idea that, hey, if we create the, the, the seemingly crisis moment, we can sell things that really are not profitable, really are very ecologically bad to produce, like solar uh, panels, uh, photovoltaic uh, solar uh, panels and, and the batteries to run our electric cars, uh, never minding, uh, I think Germany is now churning through more coal than they did when they ran their Panzer divin- divisions on it uh, and are desperately trying to get that Russian gas pipeline in there because they can't generate enough electricity for all their electric cars. This is about wealth transfer at the end of it all. It is uh, it is trying to pretend that they're going to transfer money to the poorest countries. And in the meantime, there's a handful of companies that are cronying up to this. Right. This was, I was there for the approximately the beginning of that in the, in the uh, I think it was Dewey Ballantyne's conference room in Washington, D.C. in 1997 in the spring. I was sitting around a conference table with, Union of Concerned Scientists and Greenpeace and um, utilities, um, Enron, BP, gas companies. A lot of folks had gotten together in what's called a, a Baptist and Bootleggers Coalition to figure the, the purpose of that meeting, which, which woke me up, uh, was to figure out how to get the Kyoto Global Warming Treaty. Mm-hmm. And I, I told this a hundred times, but the guy to my right, I asked him, what are we doing around a a table with these people who are committed to putting business out of business, and it was this sheepish sort of, yeah, I know, but they're going to get the other guy first, and I won't tell you what the industry was, (laughs) but it was quite clear. Enron was there because they just bought the world's largest windmill company months before. They had just bought the world's largest windmill company, and BP had claimed it 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 was going long on solar and claiming it was beyond petroleum until you look at the numbers and so on. It was rent seeking. Mm-hmm. As we say, the, the world's second oldest profession. But that's, that's clearly what's going on from the industry perspective. The Greens were the, the, the Baptists, the industry were the bootleggers. But it's about what you said it's about. It's about redistribution only if you believe them. Again, this isn't some guy muttering on the street corner in a surgical mask, though. There are still a lot of people out there muttering on the street corner in sure. a surgical mask now, so I guess that doesn't carry as much weight. Uh, but Otmar Edenhofer, the guy put in charge with designing the world of the future, acknowledges this isn't about the climate. It's about redistributing wealth. If you uh, believe their, their it girl, Naomi Klein, this is about ending capitalism. There's a mm-hmm. group within mm-hmm. the U.N. dedicated to that. That's, capitalism causes this. Well, but even John Kerry just a couple of weeks ago, I think it was in London, uh, talking about you know, the great reset and 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 used I believe used the phrase redistribution. Yes, it's not about the climate. We've covered that. Remember, the most hair on fire people, John Kerry, just took a, a private jet, of course, because that's the only option for people like him to go to a birthday party at a former president's house who just 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 bought a beach house. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Joe Biden just bought a beach house something like three three years ago. But the seas are rising. Right. So <laughs> when they run around with their hair, shirts, and everything else on fire, take it with an enormous boulder of salt. Um, the people who are most outlandish and, and just ostentatious and flamboyant in their catastrophism simply cannot believe what they're saying. And I, I understand there's a healthy dose of, well, it's the only option for someone like me who's got a very important message to spread. And somebody I remember saying that uh, on TV when mm-hmm. I was debating them. So, well, well, Al Gore's got a very important message, so it, it, his emissions are very different. <laughs> um, they right. just cannot possibly believe what they say. Or, the, of course, there's also a great element of, well, it's different for people like me. Yeah. But it's quite clear, you, okay, if, if that's true, then you have three homes, not four. <laughs> and yeah, you you're can just do not as promiscuous though. in this. You just you don't believe what you say is the reasonable conclusion from this. Is, is the German story important in this, Chris? Because here are the German people being as efficient and dutiful to their chancellor as they've always been, uh, going out and buying all the electric cars they can and overwhelming their electric grid with them, uh, which is what has been predicted time in and time out. While the U.S. Senate at some point is going to debate $6 trillion worth of human infrastructure funding where I'll, I guess they'll build a bridge between me and you, or maybe you and I are going to be the bridge. Um, but a lot of it has to do with Green New Deal and, you know, solar arrays, clear-cutting forests, ironically, uh, to make room for them and things like that. So the Germans had to invent a word, and because they like to do this, it was kind of long and difficult to pronounce, but it was for energy poverty. They invented, they learned about energy poverty and invented a word for it. It, it the, head, the famous headline, at least in our circles, is uh, uh, it, it, it gets Dunkel in Deutschland. Uh, it, it's getting dark in Germany, and they, they have this this epidemic of they call it fuel poverty when translated, but seniors dying of of hypothermia in the winter. It's, it's the poor energy poverty. It's now a luxury good. You remember the Spiegel article? It's mm-hmm. a tr- that is the teachable moment the German experience. President Obama again gave that speech eight times. Look at Germany if you want to know what. I'm doing. Yeah. Until we did, and he stopped giving that speech, and he said uh, Spain. And then, of course, of course, that no one speaks Spanish in America. So, we, oh yeah, we checked it out, and uh, turns out. So he said Denmark, and then pretty soon he just stopped giving that speech altogether because it's been a disaster everywhere. A cruel. Okay, it's it's not about climate. It's not changing the climate. It's not predicted to change the climate. This, there's not a climate impact from what they demand of you. There is energy poverty. There are terrible human consequences. So it's a cruel, it's a cruel gesture with tremendous, as we say, social costs. And Germany learned them first and worst, and yet they were boasted of as our president's example before he went and bought a beach house after all of this, condemning so many more people to energy poverty, killing jobs, and so on. It's, it's truly remarkable that if you, and, and folks have learned from this, as, as we've been reminded in the last year plus, if you want to do something, your best chance of doing it as a policymaker ideologue is to terrify people, mm-hmm. to scare them. And this is definitely driven by fear. No free society would do to itself what we've seen it do, barring being terrified recently, or what they demand in the climate agenda. That agenda would go absolutely nowhere if it were not sold with this end of the world. 
doomsday cultists. Chris Horner is on with us, and of course now they're applying this to everything, guns, critical race theory. It's all a health emergency. It's a health emergency. We don't need data. Just need some statistics, guys. We'll come back with Chris Horner on this. You know, Tom couldn't be here, so uh, uh, we invited Chris on because I needed to catch up with him uh, where you would normally find Tuesdays with Tom. How do we replace Rush Limbaugh in Charlottesville? We asked Rush. We are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. The Charlie Kirk Show on WCHV. Charlie Kirk's running the White House. Of course, stay hydrated while you're doing it. Joe Thomas in the morning uh, visiting with Chris Horner, Red Hot Lies, Power Grab, Politically Incorrect Guide to Global Warming, UN Climate Report. Just like uh, racism is a health crisis and gun violence is a health crisis, uh, climate change, this is what they've been schooling on for 30 years, 40 years now, on trying to use as the fulcrum to get us to give up our, our way. Chris, uh, with uh, right now... Government accountability and oversight, and oversight right. Um, still working on the climate litigation to, to, to show how these institutions, the, our institutions, be they universities or attorneys general offices, are being employed toward often private ends and privately directed ends in the name of this and other such agendas. But uh, unfortunately, we're only finding out when we sue. Mm. And that takes a while. It takes a lot of resources, a lot of human resources, and obviously money to try to wrench the documents showing how are they using these institutions in this way, with whom, how it came to be. And obviously climate is a big part of that, whether it's an individual suing a university or a group suing an attorney general's office, to get these public records and find out mm-hmm. what's going on. Well, and please support, uh, it, it's, uh, I'm trying to GovOversight.org. Support us there. Thank you. Yeah, no, you need it uh, because every little bit counts. So I I wanted to talk about the, you mentioned Baptists and Bootleggers Coalition. You know, some of the Baptists are hardcore population control believers. And you mentioned cruel, and that made me think about, you know, the the real the real zealots, the ones that have that scary look in their eye, are the ones that are absolutely sure there's 75% too many people on this planet, and that's what's really going to save this planet. Um, you know, are, are they still a dangerous division of this operation? Because I worry that they're going to get into the position where decisions can be made regarding, because we we hear now, uh, having learned that COVID-19 is a health emergency, now we can apply health emergency to gun violence, to, you know, school resource officers, and and yes, even to climate change. Uh, It's all a catastrophic health emergency, so we must invoke dictatorial powers uh, to save us from this existential health emergency like climate change, uh, I worry about these the folks who are you know kind of muddling around, around in the backdrop of some of these groups who are real population control zealots. Right. There's just enough of them, and there's way too many of you and me. Uh, it's, if you drill down, and you don't have to drill down very far, it's a, uh, it's a very Western, white, wealthy movement. There's a, there's a true odor of racism about it it's mm-hmm. not just eco-imperialism telling these other societies you can't it would be the worst thing for the world if you were to develop we need to pay you to stay poor and there are too many of you um that in the politically incorrect guide 
to global warming and environmentalism, I detail a lot of the comments because they used to be rather open about this. And then it's, there's a tremendous effort underway to rebrand this very wealthy Western white movement as, as uh, a movement of indigenous peoples and so on. But it isn't. This is the zero population growth movement went nowhere. And they were immediately moved into and became the modern environmentalist movement. And Sierra Club director Carl Pope, you remember, was actually the political director of zero population growth. If you read the quotes I lay out in the pig, it was that um, humanity is, the, is, is a disease. We are a cancer. Um, rich people say things like Maurice Strong, who I testified on the same dais with in the, the Senate. Uh, economic growth, remember, he's really rich. Economic growth is not the cure, it's the disease. Rich people say things like that. Yeah, uh, of course. And even recently, there, there's been a, a pretty ugly amount of commentary about, not just, I've seen it on social media and in commentary, but in recent social situations, and I understand the plural of anecdote isn't data, but, but I've been with some very mild manner, kind people who really quickly lapsed into a blood on the fang, there's way too many of those other people around us rhetoric. It, it was startling. I thought that was, you know, that had been at least wrung out of, of folks' mm-hmm. superficial conversation. That's a big part of the environmentalist movement. There's just enough of them, way too many of you and me, way too many. Again, I, I detail, it, it's an ugly, ugly disposition, but I detail it in the books, true fear of African growth, African development. You see Al Gore saying that with his, was it four blonde children, <laughs> that uh, the average Western child will, will consume way more, I mean, he said on average many times, more resources than, than the uh, child born in Africa. But then he goes around and advocates for keeping those countries mm-hmm. poor. There's an awful lot of that in modern environmentalism, and again, it's kind of like our discussion of is this really about wealth redistribution? Well, it, it, only if you believe them, right? And well, it, it, there's again, if you go to their comments, this movement got launched. They may have gotten a little better at their public messaging, and they certainly are paying a lot of money to rebrand. But this movement was launched as we need to keep those developing parts of the world from developing. Well, in, in, as we approach the 100th anniversary of the 1924 Virginia Act for Sterilization and, and the Supreme Court ruling that came along later and said three generations of imbeciles are enough, uh, thank you, Oliver Wendell Holmes, um, you know, I worry, because you've written some great works as well regarding law enforcement for rent uh, and the, you know, the, the taking over of our law enforcement community and you know, using it for agenda-driven, whether it be climate or or gun grabs, uh, but climate in a lot of cases uh, to do do the bidding of some of these shadow groups. Uh, Bloomberg's new NYU organization jumps to mind, and how they were giving free lawyers <laughs> to these attorney generals' office to do these jobs. Uh, I I worry that you know if these small percentage of the population of the climate control movement that want population control get a hold of this ability to buy off big sections of attorney general's office, um, you know, it could be a dangerous uh, brush fire. So I view them in power like they view me and 
many of your listeners and freedoms, and we've, we've talked about this before. Well, you, you can't be trusted with those freedoms. You might use them. Well, that's how I view them and the levers of power, more so now than before, after several years of, unfortunately, having to litigate to examine, but examining how particularly AG offices are being used. And I'll tell you something we just found uh, in Minnesota last week, and you can read the documents at climatelitigationwatch.org, we have an open statement. It really is, there's a, the Rockefeller Family Fund. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what happens several generations down from the creation of wealth. Uh, what hap- well, that, that happened with the Rockefellers, and they're, they're behind a lot of this use of law enforcement to go after political opponents and ideological opponents. Well, as is Michael Bloomberg, we actually found emails now in which this, the, the Rockefellers are on an email thread, the head of the RFF, with this local cutout they had engaged to get an AG lawsuit filed against opponents, in which the cutout is saying, as you know, we were waiting for the Bloomberg lawyers to be installed, and they have oh. been picked. Oh my God. This is before, before we launched this lawsuit. You engaged us to talk Keith Ellison into filing, which is a cookie cutter being filed around the country, and it's being brought to you by, and you can, read, you can read the groups. There's a report up with all of the emails, text messages affirming this. But just last week, there's no room to hide. You actually have interests like the Rockefeller Family Fund arranging for environmentalists to get law enforcement involved. And the local environmentalists will say, as you know, we were waiting for the Bloomberg lawyers to be appointed, and they've been chosen. Oh, gosh. So they are coordinating. They're coordinating. One will provide the weapon. Bloomberg will provide the lawyer, the, the weapon, and, and Rockefeller Family Fund will provide the ammunition. And together, they're using law enforcement to go after those they don't like. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they're standing in the way of desired policies that you just don't know are good enough or good for you. Mm-hmm. And um, there's again, it's in their own hand. We go back to this again and again. Well, it's only true if you believe them, mm-hmm. and this isn't. I suppose it's which time you line, because publicly, for example, the Rockefeller Family Fund denied that they were behind this, and then they admitted, of course we are. Look at, our, look at the origins of our wealth. We feel terrible about it. So they quickly transitioned under you know, the pressure of documents coming out. Then, well, yeah, we're behind this. But it's for the right reasons. I mean, it's, Virginia's General Assembly actually passed a law. Uh, I actually just looked at the clock. i got to run to a break, Chris. Get into the Virginia law that prohibits this behavior uh, from happening that isn't happening. Being tuned in means Joe Thomas now. Sean Hannity at 3. Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. UN Chief Gutierrez says it's code red for humanity, this IPCC report. You ordered the code red. I did the job. Did you order the code red? You're goddamn right I did. Chris Horner on with us, author of Red Hot Lies, Power Grab. Very important book, especially as the parents are facing the uh, school boards off with this. The liberal war on transparency, mainly because the liberal war on transparency has a great primer at the end about how to do FOIA and how to fight for you when they try to deny you. But we have laws now prohibiting the Attorney General from using any of these outside sources, right? It was passed not once but twice, before the recent blue wave and after it. Okay, so under Republican-controlled legislature and a Democrat-controlled legislature. And it was signed in a spending bill both times. So that was for 
the ongoing until this budget cycle ends, no funds appropriated okay. herein shall be used to participate in that scheme. And in fact, the the FOIA cases are still in court in Richmond now because we found a lot of records that the AG denied existed about how far they went down the road to get one of these Bloomberg's, quote, special assistant attorneys general. And they were placed in 11 offices. Two other offices applied, but for some reason never consummated, and that was Virginia and Pennsylvania. And so the good news is when they were subject to the, the daylight, they stopped and they backed off. And in Virginia's case, the legislature stood up and prohibited it. And then I suppose the next time around, no one wanted to publicly defend it because it was passed under this legislature mm-hmm. um, last year, a second time. And again, not because there was a groundswell of support in the new majority, but because I suspect no one wanted to stand up and defend this. Right. And so a member uh, of the House of Delegates, uh, Charles Poindexter, had gotten up in the previous session saying, so you think it's okay if under a different AG, the National Rifle Association or ExxonMobil does this? And he was booed, and you can, he- you can hear the audio. It's up on the uh, legislature's website. And he was hissed, and, and, but he persisted, and, the right it passed, and it passed again. So it shows you can stop this. Yep. And the question that Virginia then posed to the rest of the states is, what's wrong with you? Because... This is obviously inappropriate, and if you're not sure, just substitute the Koch Foundation right. for the Bloombergs, yeah. and then you'll remind yourself, oh, yeah, of course this is wrong, or the NRA, or, or Family Foundation, and we would hear, obviously, the, the, the sky raining Pulitzers after the fainting couch and all that business from the press. We know this wouldn't be permitted from anybody else and on any opposite side of these issues. So good on Virginia, but again, what's rest, wrong with the rest of the state? Last one for you. Chris Horner is on with us. Uh, the, when he mentions the pig, it's the politically incorrect guide to global warming. It's a uh, great uh, you know, sort of the, the primer. Uh, Red Hot Lies is awesome. I love that book. Power Grab. It really lays out, you know, why the why in this uh, as well. Uh, and and it's government. It's govoversight.org is the website. Please contribute to what they do uh, there. So this IPCC report, the UN report, is it just going to be the tool that when AOC gets up on the floor of the House demanding her Green New Deal, she's just going to pound this on the uh, on the lectern like Khrushchev in his shoe, uh, and this is going to be a tool to this end? And is that why the timing of it is right now in the midst of this, uh, in, your, in your feeling, in your investigations, in what you know of how this has all gone on for decades? It's got several uses. I do think you will see one or more lawsuits that have been lying around. As I mentioned, it's, we know that one of the purposes for these Bloomberg-financed special-assisted AGs, as we just proved through documents from Minnesota, one of their purposes was to come in and file suits against opponents, too. We, we also have documents called Obtain a Sustainable Funding Stream for Government. Okay, that's, mm-hmm. This is going to result in a pass-through tax, energy tax to you, and we know those are terribly regressive, but one of the purposes is we now know in writing in their own hands sustainable funding stream. Um, so you may see more of these municipal or state lawsuits uh, using this as a hook because, of course, this is this is all it's it's staged in mm-hmm. order. What's next? Climate Week in one month, yeah. the annual sort of popular front gathering in in New York and around the world. Climate Week, 
this will be a major prop for that. And then, of course, these annual um, historic climate meetings. This year it's in Glasgow at the beginning of November, maybe the very end of October, beginning of November. This will be a big basis. Well, we now all have to, uh, we all need to agree in unison that the U.S. needs to do things to itself that we'll promise, but not actually do to ourselves. <laughs> right, it, in, in an effort to give us more money. and, and this, uh, It's a basis for wealth transfer, whether through the courts or through these these pacts, mm-hmm. and so it does have a purpose, and the purpose is, again, at the beginning it was expressly to support a future global warming treaty, uh, and we've now rebranded that, of course, to climate change, but it's now being used in the courts and legislatures, of course, and yes, you will see numerous parties like AOC, whose chief of staff did say in a candid moment that, oh, you view this as a climate thing? We view, viewed it as a reorganizing the economy type thing. Mm-hmm. The great yep. reset, right? Uh, but uh, you know, you watch watch for this continuing. And Chris, thank you so much. I'm gl- really glad to hear from you again. Uh, it's it been too long in between, but again, it's govoversight.org. And uh, thank you for so much, so generous of your time this morning. Thank you, Joe. Chris Horner. Follow him on Twitter as well at Chris underscore C underscore Horner. The original social media. Call Joe Thomas in the morning on anything. What are you? Really? I'm Batman. Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. 